Good evening, everyone. Good to be with you tonight and glad to be in God's house. We are down south, be down here uh, through Friday morning anyways, maybe later in the morning. Not real sure how long we'll be here on Friday. Uh, but anyways, <clears throat> do appreciate all your prayers uh, for us. And uh, just update, we did get off of our six-pound restriction. Got our therapy fixing to start. Not sure when they're supposed to call us and then review kind of where we're at over the next few weeks. And then uh, if we're not able to uh, feel different than what we are, then seeing the doctor again on the 14th. But uh, appreciate all your prayers. Uh, continue to pray for Sister Donna Faye, her doctor's appointment tomorrow. Uh, Sister Barbara had got a good report at hers, <coughs> uh, so we appreciate and or we praise the Lord for that. Uh, my brother Gary is doing better, had checked on him, and so I appreciate your prayers for him. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Lloyd, uh, uh, Manetta, <coughs> still waiting for her CPAP machine, uh, member Kayla, uh, Brother Don, uh, his, his treatment. Sister Mary does see them, or did, uh, so we appreciate all your prayers for her, continue to pray for her. Uh, Jacob's co-workers, um, I believe both of them are back at work, or one of them's back at work, uh, but do continue to pray for the other. Um, Member Timothy uh, King in your prayers, uh, Bill McAfee, uh, Brother Danny, uh, Debbie Henderson, Sister Jean's brother Pete is at home. Uh, actually back at home at Russellville. Um, remember him, continue though, Jason and Darren. Uh, continue to remember both of them. Uh, Sister Joanne's friend uh, that has cancer or kidney failure, excuse me. Uh, Brother Jerry, uh, Sister Joanne's test did come back good and we praise the Lord for that. Norma Whitledge, Donna Cottle, Jessica and the family. Brother Bill and Sister Joanne Bynum. Remember them, uh, Justin Kinser and Eva Dodd, Billy Walters, Sister Rose Todd and family, uh, Liz Denson Wright, Brother Daniel and Sister Diane, uh, Sister Rhonda, Evan, and Rob, Reverend Charles Chesser, Joe and Betty Howard, uh, Sister Gail and her great nephew and uh, doctor, <coughs> excuse me. Then our shut-in, Sister Mary Jane, Sister Tawana, and Brother Junior. I ask that you pray for a family friend, uh, Iona, a friend of my mom and, and friend of our family. And her mom had passed away. Uh, so remember them. They're uh, uh, out in Arizona where she lived. So uh, do remember that in your prayers if you would as well. Uh, and all those others, uh, let's see. Sue Willis, Aubrey Bedford, uh, Letha Ray, uh, Sister Barbara Denson's great-granddaughter, Eleanor, and then, of course, our unspoken, our country, our leaders, uh, churches, families, uh, Lord leading us. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the family and the, the devil 
it was an attack on the family on Sunday, uh, but not tonight. Uh, but anyways, just continue to pray uh, for us, if you would, for Sunday as well. And with that, we'll go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into our lesson this evening. Father, we thank you, and we love you, dear God. We just know, Father, tonight that, Lord, you're sitting on the throne. You're in control of all things. Dear God, we pray tonight, Father, help us to be followers. Lord, help us to be dedicated. Uh, Father, I pray this evening, help me, Lord, uh, in your word. God, I pray tonight that you would just continue to move and touch in our prayers that we uh, call before you, dear God. And we thank you so much, Lord, for the prayers you've answered. And, and, and we know, dear God, tonight that you hear us always, dear God, that not always do we get what we want. But, Father, we just pray that you'd help us to see that we always get what's best. And let us continue to trust you. And Lord, I ask you tonight that you would uh, be with the word. Uh, help us, Father, tonight to give it as you would have us to, Father, that our hearts, Lord, and we'd be encouraged and strengthened and challenged, Father, we pray. And Lord, we just ask you these things tonight and we praise you, Father, in the blessed name of Christ Jesus. And amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles tonight, go with us over to the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to start reading in verse uh, 44. <clears throat> you know, the Bible tells us in different places, Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his own soul? And I thought about a lot of things. Um, this evening when when excuse me going over this a little more uh thinking about all the things that we talk about today and, and the different things that we feel like we've got that um you know are so valuable to us and and i thought you know think about it this way um guns cannot save your soul food cannot satisfy your soul uh, money will not buy, in the, in the literal sense, an extension or a safety for your soul. Uh, in any other materialistic or thing that you can put through there, Congress, government, presidents, friends, family, moms, dads, brothers, and sisters, none of those can do anything to make sure that your soul does not go to hell. We can try to influence, and we can give you the message. We can share with you the scriptures, but only God can save your soul. Only God can save your soul. And in so saving your soul, he saves your life. And we talk about eternal life. And, and I, I said directly tonight talking about the soul because... I know that people will argue with you about different things if you say your life, and, and they like to get what some would say technical or uh, literal or, or something to that effect. You know, they try to get to an, an area to argue. Um, but I want you to understand tonight, there's nothing can save your soul outside the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And none of us, the Bible says, can come to God except through the Son. And none of us can come to the Son except the Father draws. 
And that is God drawing us to him through Jesus Christ. And then none of us could live a successful Christian life without the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus told his disciples that he would, when he go, that he would send them another comforter. Uh, and when we read about how that they received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, uh, and when I say that, uh, that was because Jesus had left and sent back the Comforter. He had sent back the Holy Ghost. You and I, when we get saved, receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, we can't live a Christian life without Him. It is impossible. And so uh, thinking about that tonight, and just a little bit on these uh, to get to where I'm at, I want you to understand uh, that God has to become more valuable to us, and Christ has to become more valuable to us. In the scriptures, in chapter 13 of the book of Matthew, the 44th verse, it says this, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man found, hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof go and goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Not just any field, but the field in which the treasure was founded in and then hid in. And if you think about it this way, there was something significant in that field that he found so that he found it as a treasure. And then he hid it in the same and he went and sold everything that he had because what he had was not comparable to what he had found in the field. And he buyeth that field. I would say it to you like this tonight in this aspect here. You can look at it this way. The Lord created you and I and formed us and fashioned us. And in so doing, he, he made something he loved. And, and this is the deal that God gave all that he had. He gave his son Jesus Christ uh, for you and I to die on Calvary's cross in order to purchase our souls in order to purchase our lives and he said no you're not you're bought with the price and the only price that was comparable to to what or excuse me that was um, acceptable to what would save us was Jesus Christ and his blood and there is no comparable amount of money or wealth or anything else that you and I tonight could give in order to have purchased our own souls. And, but look at it like this and the other side of it. There, there is that when we find Jesus and we know that he is absolutely everything that you and I need, uh, we ought to be willing to let go of everything else to make sure that we can find him. Remember the Bible said, uh, except you hate. And it goes to list your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, uh, uh, your sons, your daughters, uh, even your own life. You cannot be my disciples. And I wonder how that we look at that this day. And, you know, I, I've said it many times. The Bible tells us to love one another. Yet Jesus said we had to hate. And that's not a contradiction. Uh, I will be assured to tell you tonight. Uh, but what he is saying this, that all of those cannot be more important to us than him. And except they become in the place that they need to be in. And understand this, and I've said this, and, and it's true. Uh, somebody said it the other day, and I can't remember. But if I get closer to God, I guarantee you I'll be closer to my wife, 
my children, my grandchildren, my church family, my brothers, my sisters. I'll be closer to all of those that love the Lord. Now there is going to be draw a separation of those that don't love the Lord. And, and, and I hate to say it, but, but I will talk a little bit about that on Sunday. Uh, but can I tell you, the closer you get to God, the farther you get away from this world. The more valuable God is, the more value that we see, the less value we'll hold in the world and the things of the world. The purchase of the field was the fact that he saw a treasure it wasn't the value of the field itself. It was the value of the treasure in the field. And so again, he said in verse 45, And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. I'm going to tell you something tonight. We ought to be seeking out the good things of God. Uh, you know, there's a passage of scripture, and I've used this quite a bit in my life. Uh, cast not your pearls before the swine, lest they turn, rend thee, and trample them. And they will. They, they will. The swine will trample on the word of God and trample on Christian people. Uh, they'll, they'll turn just as fast as they can. I, I, I would say tonight that uh, it is possible, and, and I've seen it too, you know, uh, where you help somebody, you give them money or food or, or whatever it is you do to help them, and the next thing you know, uh, they turn, and instead of uh, using that for good to do what they need to do, they'll turn and they'll do it for bad. Uh, and God knows that, and I, and I, I know that I, I've been guilty of, and, and I believe uh, God lays it on your heart sometimes, and sometimes we might, out of arrogance, uh, say things. But I, I remember uh, one time I gave some money to a man, and uh, he needed some gas money, and I didn't have a lot, uh, but I did... I, I gave him all that I had in my wallet, and, and I told him to put it in his car. I said, I, it's not a lot. I said, it'll get you a few gallons of gas. I said, you better make sure, though, you put it in the car or you put it in the tank. Use it for gas. I said, if not, it's not going to do you any good. Uh, it's God's money. You know, it belongs to him, and he's not going to uh, let you get away with uh, taking, taking on and doing things because, you know, uh, sometimes that's what happens, and if we're not careful there, so you got to do what the Lord leads you to do in that aspect there. Uh, but remember this, be careful, pray about it, think about what God would have you to do, uh, but, but think about this, uh, that this man was a merchant man. He was a buying man. He was a man of business. Uh, he had a purpose, and I'm going to tell you what Jesus said uh, to his uh, uh, earthly parents that he had at the time, Mary and Joseph, when they found that he had tarried behind in Jerusalem uh, three days, and they came and they found him. He said, ought not I be about my father's business? A merchant man ought to be about the father's business. Can I tell you, Jesus is a merchant man. Uh, he's a buying man. Uh, he looked at me one day, and by the grace of God, he, he found a pearl that he desired to have in the price that had been paid. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but he said this, he said in verse 46, Who, when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Uh, you know, we sing a song, uh, Oh, what a Savior. He said, He left the splendor of heaven knowing his destiny. And, and you think about this. Jesus did. He left the splendor of heaven. He left the presence of God. 
and come down to you and I uh, to live here for a short while to illustrate to us God's love and God's desire uh, to place it into the hearts and the minds of a few men that they might spread the gospel and turn the world upside down. And, and while he was here, it wasn't just the disciples that he touched, but there were so many lives that he touched and so many hearts and, uh, that, he, that he touched. And I, and I will say this, the uh, Bible doesn't tell us that everybody that Jesus uh, healed and touched all of a sudden got saved and, and followed him everywhere as he went. Uh, a lot of them did because of what he had done. They, they were willing to just follow the Lord and do whatever uh, they could there. But, but can I tell you tonight that God has touched a lot of folks that haven't uh, decided to follow him. But the price that he looked at when he saw them was that that was a pearl worthy to be purchased. It was one worthy to pay all that he had for. Can I tell you tonight, church, that we need to make that the same in our lives towards Jesus and towards God? I mean, after all, there's not a greater gift that you and I have received in salvation. There's not a greater thing that we could have tonight outside the Lord. I think about uh, what the uh, rich young ruler come to the Lord, and he said, Good Master, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And, I, and I'll tell you something, there is not a thing you and I can do uh, to, to, to have it outside of acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But the Lord told him, he said, uh, keep the commandments. And he said, which ones? And he named off uh, the latter five commandments there uh, that, he, that he was to keep. And he said, well, all these have I kept up from my youth up, what lack, yet lack I? And he said, go and sell all that I have. Give it unto the poor and come and follow me. He went away sorrowful because what he had he wouldn't give up for God. Can I tell you tonight, church, we're a lot like that a lot of times. We don't want to give up what we've got for God. And, and it's, it's a shame because Jesus gave up everything for you and I. He gave up his life for you and I. Can I, can I tell you that, that he is more than a treasure in a field. He's more than a pearl that can be pot. He is our life. He's the one who keeps us breathing. He's the one who keeps us walking. He's the one who keeps us talking. So he said that when he found that great pearl, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. He, he was the, I, I guess you could say this, he was the possessor of the pearl. Can I tell you tonight that while Jesus is the possessor of my soul because he has saved me i'm the possessor of eternal life for the same fact because he saved me we go on and we look again and it says in verse 47 again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind which when it was full they drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into the vessels, but cast the bad away. The Bible says that Jesus came into his own, and his own received him not. 
But as many as received him, gave he him the power to become the son, excuse me, the sons of God. Another place he said that we are the sons and daughters of God. And the thing of it is, we can look through the Bible and it talks about the parable of the tares and how that there was a, a planting that was done and the tares and the wheat grew up and they looked identical all the way up until the time of harvest. And then there was a difference that was made when it was time to harvest between the wheat and the tares. And I may be wrong, but if I understand correctly, the wheat remained golden and the tares turned black. They could understand the difference in the harvest. While they grew together, there was a time that was coming that when the tares grow, they, they, they was, that at the harvest time, they would separate and they would put the wheat on one side and bundled over here, but the tares they'd put in another side and they would burn those tares. If you look at it like this, he said they cast their net. The Lord has cast his net. I'm going to be honest with you, church. A lot of us have cast nets and we don't want to take out the bad and we need to get rid of the bad stuff and hold on to the good stuff. The Bible says to try the spirits to know whether they are of God or not. The Bible tells us uh, to hold fast to that which is good, uh, despise that which is evil. Uh, the Bible tells us that there are those that have a form of godliness but deny the power from thereof. Uh, from such turn away. It tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I mean, the Bible calls us and tells us, uh, be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And if you think about it this way, the, the time is coming, the harvest is going to happen. Revelations tells us about this. God is just putting his word trying to help you and I to understand what he's trying to say. And he does these parables and he talks about these things. But I'm telling you tonight, church, it paints a very clear picture for you and I. And so he says there, and he says they shall cast the, uh, uh, gather it in, bring it into the shore, but they'll cast the bad away. They'll put the good in the, in the vessels cast the bad away. Verse 49 says, So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. The Lord looks down and he sees these things. And like I said, if you can just put it into this aspect and put it into the prospect of what he's saying there, there's a field, there's a treasure in the field. Can I? It's kind of like the earth is the field and you and I are the treasures and he knows we're here. He's done everything he can, but you and I can look at the same and realize this, this earth uh, is, is a field, but Jesus is the treasure. There's one to be desired above the other. And like I said, he bought the field for the treasure. You just think about that for a little bit. Not everybody's going to be saved. But Jesus died so that whosoever will or would could be saved. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him. Think about it this way. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. The Bible tells us that that uh, if you think uh, another... I, just lost my train of thought there. Uh, but the Bible Bible does tell us that, that there are many 
uh, that Jesus come, but not all would answer. You know, uh, all, all could hear, but not everybody replied. It, it's kind of like that. So the, 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 this uh, uh, help wanted sign, you know, the help wanted sign is up, but nobody's applying to get in. Nobody wants anything. Yet Jesus did. He saw a pearl of great price that he thought was worth everything, so everything was given to buy it. You and I are the pearl, we're the treasure. We're, we're also the ones the net's going to be thrown for. You know, we'll flip over here and read this, and we, we use these scriptures a lot. I want you to think about this, though. The book of Thessalonians, excuse me, Chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I would not have you ignorant, verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. You know, there are a lot of souls that have died without the Lord. And we talk about the rapture, we think about things, and, and I remember uh, Brother Dwayne Lane uh, pastored the Clifty Free Will Baptist Church out in Clifty, Arkansas, little country church out there in a little town, and right behind the church was a, was a cemetery, pretty good-sized cemetery. And he talked about many times, and Brother Anthony Lane uh, had talked about it too, and, and maybe I'd heard it first from Brother Anthony. Uh, he had pastored there, I believe, too, but... But I'd preach there, and we'd preach there. And they talked about how that it might be on one Sunday morning to be standing there preaching the gospel and know that in the preaching of the gospel, and all of a sudden, graves out there begin to bust open and the saints of God begin to rise, the body to be reunited with the soul, but a glorified body this time. And he said, what would it be like? Can I, can I just tell you, church tonight, we ought to be aware that we shouldn't sorrow as others sorrow because there are those who do not have a hope in Christ and yet they believe that their loved one who may have died and died without the Lord or may have died without the Lord they've gone to be in a better place they've gone to be in heaven's only better place I can think of and yet the only guarantee I know of that tonight is this, that if they accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, their life, they call upon Him, and I don't know what happens in the last minute of anybody's life. Nobody actually does except that person in God and a lot of times. But you know what? If they died without hope, their loved ones are without hope, and there's going to come a day of what we call reckoning. And I, I, when people talk about reckoning, they talk about uh, punishment or reward or you're going to get what you deserve. And the Bible does tell us we will reap what we sow. But I like to think about it better this way. The day of reckoning is this. We're going to recognize either that we were grateful for having received Jesus Christ and followed him or we're going to recognize that we should have. And the reckoning that we will get will be based upon the sowing of the seed in our heart and the things that we've done uh, or accepting it and following the Lord Jesus Christ. Going on in verse 14 of this, he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, I believe that absolutely 
Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. What a day that will be. The old song is, when Jesus I shall see. But can I tell you, this stuff's going to happen so fast. The dead in Christ shall rise first. He said, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can I tell you, it won't take long for the wheat to get separated from the tares. It won't take long for the net that was cast to have the good put in the vessels and the bad cast out. It's not going to take long to figure out what was treasured and what wasn't, what was the pearl and what wasn't. But he said, The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air or in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm so glad tonight to know that one day I'll go to be with him. He said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Can I tell you this evening, the comfort of the word is knowing it's true, receiving it, following it, holding on to it, clinging to it, not letting anybody take it from you, not, not letting anybody deter you from what this Bible says, and holding on to Jesus, holding on to God the Father, holding on to the Holy Ghost, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, staying true and faithful because you realize this tonight, that you were the treasure, you were the pearl, you were the good cast into good vessels, and so was Jesus to you the same. And in that, one of these days, we'll be with the Lord in the air. He said, comfort one another with these words. And that's the comfort I bring to you tonight and the joy I hope I give you. Hope I challenge you. If you've been waning, stop waning. Hang on tight. Stay through the night. It's all going to be good. There's a brighter day coming. The Bible uh, talks about there's a new day ahead. Uh, one of these days we'll be in a land, uh, uh, you know, like we never imagined. I have not seen, ears not heard, neither hath it entered to the hearts of men. And I'm just telling you tonight, folks, uh, be faithful and true to the Lord. He's always faithful and true to you. And I know that because He's always faithful and true to me. And I praise Him for that. Father, this evening, Lord, we thank You for Your love and mercy. We thank You, dear God, for Your blessings. Lord, help us tonight, Father, to do that which you'd have us to do and help us to be that which you'd have us to be. Lord, help us, Father, be honoring unto you in all things, glorifying, praising, worshiping thy name. And we'll ask you, Father, these things and we'll give you praise for it. Same in Jesus' blessed name. And amen. Amen. May God bless and keep you safe. Hope to see you next point in time on Sunday, if the Lord will. Have a good evening.